Justin. Oh, Justin. I'm back from England and I'm fucking jet lagged. So um, <laughs> that, that accent is lasting precisely five seconds. <laughs> yeah. And as I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, as we get toward the end of the episode, I, you're going to catch me fucking fading. Okay. All right. So um, maybe it's already happening right now. Uh, so, so if you sense that happening or if you, if I get really sort of quiet and sort of slump a little bit, I like, I'm going to be slumping like more and more as we go on. Um, feel free to, to make a loud noise or, um, maybe a soft noise and kind of like rock me to sleep. You know what I mean? In my chair Good here. Good night, my someone. Good night, my love. I loved whatever impression that was. Thank you. It, it, I really, really liked it. Thanks. Thanks. Was that something specific or was that, did you just make that up? No, I just made that up. To me, it was like, like a puppet of a turtle. <laughs> do, do, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really liked it. No, I'm, like, I'm, I'm giving you like a very genuine, very earnest compliment. Like if you, if you were like, it's a, like a turtle, and like, like, an, like an elderly like turtle. It's the whole time. Yeah. Oh, hello, Peter. Good night, Peter. That's how they say. That, that is how they said my name in England. Oh, Peter. 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 Kind of. I was like, Porter. Porter. Boyda. Boyda. That was Australia. Where I'd be like, like they'd be like, um, you know, like what's the name for the order? I'm like Peter, and I have to listen for Poida, which is literally not any like none of the sounds from my name are in there. <laughs> not a single one. Um, but Justin, yeah. So if I, if I slump over, um, just know that it is because I, I gave my all trying to podcast. I'm staying up super late tonight. It's eight 30 and I'm, tr- and I'm, and I'm awake. I'm, I'm drinking all sorts of water. I got sparkling flavored water. This is actually called sparkling water beverage. As oh, you can see. that's a, um, what, a, what, a, what a unique name. That's the Kroger brand. Um, I've drinking all of my, my tea here and I've got, what's this? A separate water bottle under here. Cause did you know that water bottles, you have to wash them? You, what do you mean? Like, you, like reusable water bottle. I never, like this may be like the fifth, uh, uh, like plastic water bottle, like just water from a water bottle that I've had in like maybe five years. E- I've just been using this like reusable ones, but like, you do you know you have to wash them? What? Y- yeah, like, do, it, why are you using the not reusable one? Because I didn't have time to wash my other one before we started. But the way you said it made it sound like you never washed it before. <laughs> I haven't. So d- have you washed it? Like that was the first time you were gonna wash it? Because I was like, Elena, what is it? I was like, my water bottle tastes really bad. And it's like, there's like, it's like all black inside. And she's like, yeah, that is mold. <laughs> well, the, my, the taste is, is why mold. Is it, why is yeah. my water crunchy? It tastes like it's a really stew. Bad. It's really gross. And she was yeah. like, she was like, well, when's the last time you washed it? And I was like, what do you mean? Because I just, I just thought it was water. You know what I mean? I just find it like I've, I've, I lived a moment of your life with you. And I'm glad I can experience you. Well, Dude, th- okay, this is this is embarrassing, but I'm but you know I'm I wear my heart on my sleeve, man, mm-hmm. and I'm here for the podcast, and I'm here to to I'm I'm not afraid to be all of me for the podcast. Okay, I found out probably two years ago that you actually have to wash towels <sighs> <laughs> because like I'm 
clean when I come out of the shower. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't understand it. I'm clean when I come out of the shower. Yeah. The towel gets clean water on it, and then the water evaporates. Correct. So what is the problem? Mm. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Like, like where does the dirt come into it? Have you have you ever seen the the movie War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise? Sure. Yeah. I uh, no. Uh, have you ever heard the um, Orson Welles War of the Worlds yes. broadcast? Um, yes. And kind of the culmination of that whole alien invasion is that they they step out of the uh, they step out of their uh, spaceships and then yeah. the, the the germs and the bacteria. Oh, that's and what the it air is, yeah. just they kill them. Mm-hmm. So when you when you step out of your shower, you're yeah. you're you're wet. And there's yeah. all this bacteria and things in the air and in the water. And then you rub yeah. that with the water and it just sits and it gets stuck in those water molecules on your towel. And you put that that towel on the on the rack and then all that grossness just festers and multiplies and creates more of its friends to 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 I guess be wiped back on you. <laughs> so okay, okay, and I'm like, I'm gonna ask this question, and I'm meaning it like with 100 sincerity, and I'm really worried that people listening to our podcast are gonna be like, "He's an idiot. He's been an idiot this whole time." I mean, I'm sure there have been other signs. No, but, we, we've like, all been a little bit stupid sometimes. But okay, so if it if it gets dry, yeah, and then it stays dry, doesn't the bacteria die? No, because the bacteria is still living on the the towel, even if it's drying. It's like living in there and just like how growing. does it live in there? Well, how does it grow? Well, okay, if, it, if there's nothing. I guess for I it. guess a better way to say that um, a dead body, right? Yeah, it doesn't need water anymore, right? Right, but it still creates gross bacteria decay. But then it stops. It smells. It's there. But then it eventually stops. But then it, where does it go? It, it like all like it turns into bones and dust. Well, it doesn't. Tr- it's, you're already bones. The the stuff has to fall somewhere. The back t- the the decay of the right, body. but then it goes away. The, the like so like you know the decay it like decays all the way, and then there's no more wet. There's no more goop. Well, what is it, bones? But it turns into the goop, and then the goop just like goes into the ground and like goes with the dirt and, and the, makes but then soil. It dies, doesn't it? And it goes away. But it's still like there's still dead living things on it. Death brings life. You know, it's a beautiful thing of life, man. Death. Brings life. I read that once in a, on a motivational T-shirt I bought at Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's truly no way that I'm going to be able to understand this on this podcast. As again, I am falling asleep right now. It's inbox. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 179 my name is peter hunt spitek joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin makovich justin you've taught me so many things in my life and um i'm sorry that i just can't go he- go with you to understand why towels need to be washed and why a dead body isn't cl- why bones aren't clean on a skeleton yeah yeah um I'm, I'm i'm sorry you had to do that but speaking of skeletons you reminded me of something that's consumed my life um in the oh. in the past specifically three days and this is where it gets sad you know how i complain a lot about being busy 
Sure, certainly. So on Saturday, I started off on season one of Attack on Titan. I was near the end oh. of it. I was near the end of it, uh, like season one, about episode 20. Um, I'm now on season three, episode 16, uh, which is close to the to the 55 episode yeah. range. Yeah. So I have fallen into that. Um, I've fallen deep into that, uh, that episode. They're currently uh, battling the Colossal Titan in, in, like, actually fighting it. Is this... Okay, I'm just going to ask some questions. Do it. I'll, I'll clarify. It's been a minute for me, too. In Shiganshina, they're fighting the Colossal Titan? Is that where... Where, where did the story start? Yeah, in that district, that yeah. first district? Yep, yep. Yep, okay. Yeah. Like, basically, a nuclear bomb happened, and then... Yep. There's a monkey yep. throwing things, and I'm like, where am I? What's going on here? Dude, the, the fucking beast titan. How spooky. How I know. Scary. It's cre- the first time you met it. Yep. Oh, <laughs> man. That Do was you? Unsettling. Oh, my gosh, Justin. I cannot believe that you're telling me about the, about Attack on Titan right now. Um, Have you? Okay, 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 okay. They're fighting the Colossal Titan. Mm-hmm. And then also the beast titan is there. Mm-hmm. And... Has there been any resolution to any of this story yet? No, they're literally in the middle of the fight. Yeah. One of the best scenes in all of human fucking storytelling is coming up. Okay, because basically I got to the point where Mikasa got in there, tried to get the, the nape of its neck, and then failed. Okay. And that's where I am. One of the best scenes... You will know what it is when it happens. It is coming up. Okay, I'm 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 pumped because let me tell you, the st- Peter, yep. the start of season three was probably the worst stretch of fucking episodes I've seen in a long time. It had all to do with like now we're fighting humans. So like when oh, when, yeah, when they yeah, were doing yeah, all with, that like, stuff, I'm like, oh my god, it's so dumb and convoluted. But the thing I love about this 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 series. I love the strategy whenever they are talking about like the strategies that they're employing, because when you think about it, there's no way these fucking humans with fly swatters are going to be killing these massive things. So every time that there is like this, like advanced strategy that they're doing to like kind of come up on uh, out on top at the end is awesome. And now we're to the point where the Titans have strategies and you're seeing those strategies happening and then they're doing it. And you're like, how are the humans going to, there's like six humans left. How are the six characters I know their names? How are they still alive right now? Gosh, what a fucking good show. Um, I'll say this. To me, season two, like the uh, season two is like peak, 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 like anime. It's peak, so good. Like it's, season, it's not shown in, but and like season two, I think the thing I really liked about it, it was short and it like the story it told, like I thought it was so awesome. Um, without getting too much into deep spoilers, when there's a scene when everyone's like like on top of the wall and that there's Aaron standing there and this other group talking and then this huge fucking plot point gets revealed to Aaron. But like, as, to Aaron as other as stuff as is other happening. conversations are happening and I'm sitting there watching it be like, what the fuck is happening right now? Wait, what? 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 And like, it's such like a little thing and then it becomes literally the rest of the season. It's so good. <laughs> so, so um, the show takes some turns. Uh, uh, y- you are getting to some turns that it's going to take. Uh, as you like, like th- th- here's here's a problem I have with with a lot of media. A lot of times, the mystery 
of a show or a book or whatever a game is better than the answer. Do you know what I mean? The, the questions of what the fuck are you talking about are more interesting than what the answer actually is. That's not to say that it's bad, but I think that the buildup to what is going on is much, much, much more interesting than what the answer is. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, that's not to say it's bad, but it, it, but like it just, when you're just like wondering like what is happening with this, it's so good. Um, but with attack on Titan, I have, uh, gone back to reread it. Uh, uh, since I, I don't think I finished the show. I know how it ends because I had to read the spoilers for work. And that's actually why I started watching oh, that's, it. In the first that's place. horrifying. Um, no, cause, cause basically like everyone at, at, this was back in the first time I was at dual shockers was like, I don't want to know the spoilers, but like we have to get an article up for the manga spoilers. And I was like, fuck it. I am not following this at all. So I read it and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going <laughs> to go watch back this. and find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so in, in rereading it since I for, it did it the first time, um, there with the characters that you're talking about who have maybe secret motivations, it completely recontextualizes every single thing that they do in a way that's really cool because also... Um, let me see if I can give you a, like literal, a physical example of this. Give me one moment. All right. All right. This might get cut out of the episode. Okay, cool. 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 While he's giving me a moment, I just got to tell you like Captain Levi is so fucking cool. I want to see him. Like, I don't know why he's just not doing everything. He's the coolest fucking character. Like the abilities that that man has are just fucking awesome. Uh, he is, you know, his whole backstory, uh, with what is that guy's name that that like the cowboy guy came is like Harry or something such such a stupid name but like that whole backstory so sad so tragic but like every time he is on screen Captain Levi is like one of the coolest characters ever and I am gonna be crushed if that man turns out to be evil but that's what I have to say about Captain Levi thank you C- Captain Levi so is fucking cool in my opinion um, one of the best characters in all fiction so good and I think as much as I like the main cast of the show. I think like the show might have been better if he was the main character. I agree. Because well, Aaron, like, like, like I, I don't necessarily 100% like think about this, but like I, I think he's the most interesting character yeah. out of all of the characters here as he's in, un, he's unkillable, right? He will not be killed by the Titans or by people. He has like this like fire inside of him where he's like, I'm going to fucking live to finish this. But no one else around him has that. Yeah. And so, like, there's that, like, scene where, like, you kind of get the feeling that, like, he it, it has, like, romantic feelings, maybe, for that woman, Petra. Do you know what I'm talking about? But then oh, she yeah. gets killed in, in the line of duty, and he, he ends up talking to her dad. Oh, and man. It's just, and it's one of those things where it's just, like, like how do you live this life when you know that ev- you are going to outlive every single person who you meet? You know what I mean? But then, it, like, the the interesting dichotomy of it, too, is, like you then meet these three kids and you know, like let's say nine or however many of them there are where you're like, you know what? Actually, like you guys might be able to like stick it through with me, you know? Um, but like there's a scene early on where Aaron and Armin are talking with some characters and their backstory is a little interesting. And it's like, huh? Now that you mention it, that is kind of odd that you two would have this particular story 
or even the way that like I don't know if it is if it's like this in the show or not, but certain characters are um, always grouped together in in panels, especially where it'll be like you get the whole shot of everyone, and it'll be like all these people over here, and then these characters are over on the side. It's good. It's good. I mean, we, we don't need to talk about Attack on so Titan. But, oh, oh, I do. I, I once I'm done tomorrow. I want to talk to you about this with so the much. remaining yes. uh, 90, 40 episodes. I have things to say. Amazing, amazing. Um, gosh, okay. I think I will have some reading to do and then we can talk about it for some bonus episodes. Um, because fuck, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Or like when they're like all trapped in that tower, when it's like all the side characters and it's like, what the fuck is this? How well, are they going to get out of this? And then not and then only that, does something. Not only that, how do they get out of this? And then later on, you're like, why didn't they do this? Like, it's yep. just, you're like the whole time you're like, Oh my Like, what is going on here? It's oh, it's so good. The, one of my favorite moments in the show too is is in this section that we're talking about. This little like where they're like trapped in this tower, where one character picks something up and reads it, and doesn't realize that they made a mistake. That like they can read this one language, yep. that no one else can read, and they're like, "What's that? How did you know that?" It's kind of interesting. And little side note: I don't know if they do this in the in the uh, manga. I think they do. There's a scene, a couple like they have like between every commercial break, whatever. They have like a couple of like dialogue that explains like some of the gear or the lore of the world. Oh yeah, yeah. A it's couple times, a couple times they'll just do that with a different language, and you're like, what? Hmm. Like what? That's weird. And then you see that language on that can, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Something else that I really like about it is that in the beginning, I don't know if they do this in the show, but they definitely do this in the books um, where like it's explaining like humanity lives behind these walls, like blah, 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 blah. And then it says like, don't worry about how the walls were made. We are going to talk about this. It, it, like we, you will learn, you will discover like the details surrounding the walls and all that and their construction later. And I really appreciate that when it, cause like to me, I, I can't let that go yeah. in, in like certain things. Sometimes I'm like, but okay, if you're being attacked by these Titans, how did you make these wall? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't understand like how this came to be, but the, like it just says, trust us. We will explain this. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's awesome. We need to be done because uh, like then we're only going to talk about this for the whole show. <laughs> um, here's a preview of what's coming up. Uh, Persona 3 Reload is here and it's pretty good. Xbox might be killing its exclusivity and there's a mixed response to the PlayStation state of play. Justin, we're going to talk about those gaming headlines and more. Before we do, I want to tell you that you can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can support us on Patreon like our deluxe podcast producers, Jay Noll, GKS, Josh Durham, and Dave Parker. You can join their ranks by heading over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod and becoming a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer. Every single week, those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Um, today, we're talking about um, me going to England and what it was like being there and some of the work that I did there. I can't wait um, to have that conversation. I can't. Yeah, I Justin, I'm so excited to tell you all about it, and I know that you know nothing about Not it. Not a thing. Because we haven't talked about it no, yet. We have not. Um, but if you're interested in that, you can pay, uh, head over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Again, $3 deluxe podcast producer. Um, if you can't do that, that's fine. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at hitboxpod. Justin, oh, hey. And, and also, like, if you're interested in hearing us talk about Attack on Titan, maybe we'll do, maybe I'll, I'll reread a bunch of stuff and we'll do a bonus episode in the future about it because I would love to talk to you about it. I would love to talk to you about it. I, I, now, I, I'm really like, right now, I'm like, should I just put the anime up to watch the next part <laughs> as we're doing this? I'll just put up in the corner here. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Are you watching the subs or the dubs? Uh, I'm watching the um, dubs. Not that I prefer that, but because it's easier for me to multitask. 
But Justin, let me tell you something. People, I feel like whenever I ask, they have to they like defend They're their snobby. their choice to 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 watch the dubs. Watch the dubs. I think the dubs of Attack on Titan are really good. There's only ever been one time where I have been like, I can't watch the dub of this, and it's Spy Family. Mm, okay, okay, no. I think I think the the woman who plays Anya. Um, it's not that I don't think she's very good. It's just that I think that the Japanese via A is like really good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not that I know what she's saying. It's just she sounds like a cute little kid as opposed to like an adult woman so- trying to sound like a little kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, so there you go. Justin, let's head on over to the Metacritic Roundup. Let's go! Metacritic Roundup. Justin, a video game suggestion I have for you is either of the Attack on Titan games. They're very fun. Um, I played the second one. I played a lot of the second one. Um, the the swinging physics are incredible. Better, like the, the, better the than Spider Man. Um, it's not like I would have to really, really go back and take a look at it. It feels really good. Mm. It feels really, really good to to do. Um, but they're they're chilling too at a at a seventy five on Metacritic, seventy four yeah, for Attack on Titan, seventy five Attack on Titan two, any four Switch. Um. They might be. I know one of. I, I played them on Xbox. Oh, I yeah. got it for the library. It's on the Switch and PC. Oh look, Aaron. Like I said, it feels pretty good. A, a, a Titan with long black hair and green eyes is fighting the armored Titan. I wonder what season that's from. When does that happen? I haven't seen that. I don't know. Really. Um. All right, Justin. Metacritic roundup. Um. I think the first and most pressing thing to to hit is Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. <laughs> Uh, since we were gone, since we were gone, like some weird shit happened with this, not weird shit, but just like they launched this game in early access, not early access, but like people who paid for the deluxe version of this got to play it three days early, I think. And like within the first like five hours or so, they had to just like take the game entirely offline because people were having this bug where like anyone who was playing and logging in, the game was recognizing them as like their save files having completed the story. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's an interesting speedrun category, right? <laughs> um, but like, like you know, that, that is that happens a lot. Like, not that specific thing, but like games go offline a lot when they're like live service games because they're sort of testing out the um, what do you say, like like the servers and, and like the bandwidth and, and all that sort of stuff. So like to me, it's just not the sort of thing that I would ever like put a lot of stake in or, or want to get like the deluxe version to play early because like you just might not be able to um uh, rocksteady ended up refunding people uh i think they got like 20 dollars of in-game credit but um scores on metacritic are on xbox series x a 64 on ps5 a 63 and on pc a 67 reception this has been overall pretty mixed um basically a lot of uh critics are saying like this game is fun but at the end of the day like the repetitive mission structure the live service elements like are just not a good fit for this. That said, the story is pretty good. The, like the game looks really good. It, the, it plays well, but it's just that you're doing a lot of the same stuff. So what do you think of all this, Justin? I mean, like, oh God, I like, it's like, it, the question is where did it go wrong? Um, because yeah. like so much of what this game looks like, it looks like it could have been good. Um, it looks like it should have been good. It looks interesting and intriguing. It looks like it's going to get people to play it and then they're going to play it and they're not going to like it. I think the thing that is the most, uh, 
worrisome about the game for me from from seeing it is just the moment to moment gameplay when you're running around uh, Metropolis um, is just bad little events that pop up. It's like if you're yeah. if you, if you it, it's like if you're playing Destiny or Destiny Two and you're not doing any of the story missions. You're just waiting for like the, the events to pop up and like do the events as they pop up. And that's all the gameplay you're doing. It's fun for like the first few times, but when it's the same thing over and over again, and you're not actually doing strikes or missions or getting a kind of story, that's where it feels like it falls apart. And I feel like that is the problem with this game, that it is just the actual moment to moment gameplay, not in terms of how the gameplay feels, but the actual objectives are the thing that is the thing you spend like 85% of your time doing is the stuff that is not very fun. And I think that's the kind of disappointing thing. However, morbid curiosity. (laughs) Yeah, dude, here's the thing. We were talking about this in, in our fantasy critic group chat. Like, it doesn't look good, but like I, I kind of am interested. <laughs> I'm not gonna buy this. Like sixty dollars is too much for something like this yeah. for me. Where like I won't play it to completion for sure. Um, but like, if my friends were into it, I would try it. Yeah, I would check it out. Yeah, you know, um, like to me, this will be on sale for thirty dollars at the end of the year, and I'll pick it up then and give it a shot. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, like like. The story, though, sounds like it's good. Interesting, yes. I can get down with that and then just never engage with the live service elements. At least it seems like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to be in here for the battle pass. I'm not going to be in here for, like, all sorts of, like, that other stuff. So, like, I could potentially see a world where, like, I do play this. But, do you, like, do you understand what I'm saying with all this? Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't know. I think, too, like, the... It's just disappointing. If like I, I think that's the biggest thing on yeah. top of all of this kind of stuff. I enjoy the hell out of the Batman games. Those things are unique. Those are interesting. Um, this, if they really wanted to go and like play off of that stuff with a different crew, that's cool. But I think part of the issue is that these characters. I don't think these characters are necessarily the characters that I want to be playing or like. On top of that, too. Yeah, I. Um don't I, i'm not a dc comics person so like already i'm at a disadvantage here in terms of like not disadvantage like I, I just have no like affinity for these characters like i don't see this and i'm like oh my gosh i have to play that in the same way i would feel about like other like superheroes or whatever but like the suicide squad in particular i'm like i just don't fucking care about these guys like i liked i liked the james gunn movie like okay i haven't really thought about it since it came out but like i liked it you know i thought i had heart um but like I don't care about these guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, like these four specifically. Have you watched Peacemaker? No. B- better than I thought it should have been. I actually liked it better than Suicide Squad personally, but. Than Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad? Th- both. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I-, I have heard that. Um my brother texted me recently. He was like, have you watched Peacemaker? And I was like, nope. And he's like, you should watch it. And I was like, I won't. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's it's in there with the same kind of thing as The Boys. I think less serious than The Boys, but. Yeah. Um, I have seen the intro to The Peacemaker and like the them all dancing. Yeah, and it looks it's fun. Funny. Yeah, that's the tone of it. Like if that, if, yeah. if you get some laughter out of that and you like stupid man children, that's for you. Yeah, it seems interesting, but uh, Suicide Squad, I, I think that, like, to be honest, a 63 is the meta score, like the average, like, to be honest, that was 
probably as best like the best case scenario i was thinking like this is like apples and oranges i was thinking low 70s which to me would be a disappointment for rocksteady but like yeah. a 63 that's like that that threshold below what is like acceptable yeah because i mean we've talked about like a you know 68 71 like those are not bad scores for a game like that like that seems like it is a fun game to, to play but 63 is when it you're right it does start to get to just into like yeah i don't know about this and the 831 um, user ratings that gave it a 3.9 yeah that seems about right though huh yeah yeah <laughs> um, um Killgross says people should really give this game a chance instead of just roll on this review bomb snowball effect game is incredible fun and the story is okay 10 you know what that sounds that sounds like a 10 out of 10 review. Game is incredibly fun and the story is okay. Brab Doc says a dumpster uh, gives it a zero and says a dumpster fire of what is no longer the rock steady that we used to love. The writers should be ashamed of the star, star, star they have done. And done is about D O N, not D O N E. Um, so who knows what word he could have said here? Uh,. So ten out of ten. I'm, what I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, sorry. Ashamed of the what of the something they have done. Um, the, um, <laughs> of the. <laughs> of the <laughs> I don't want that on record. I'm tired, man. Um, all right, next game here. We have Silent Hill: The Short Message. Now this was announced and shadow dropped during the state of play that happened. It's on the PS5 exclusively, and it has a 51 on Metacritic here. Mm. Um, not, not a ton of reviews. There's only 13. Um, this has not been seen particularly favorably. Um, this is sort of a, a pretty short, bite-sized Silent Hill game about a girl who is sort of tormented. Uh, she, she's following some, uh, like, the sort of the, the final steps of this one of her classmates who committed suicide in this building where um, it seems like a lot of it is a popular suicide destination for teenagers. Um, and she's following this girl who, like I said, they were classmates. She's an artist and um, sort of unpacking her death and also um, diving into the main character's struggles with um, suicide, I guess art i guess jealousy i suppose family trauma um could be a little i played it oh and i played it in england so they all had their pinkies out when they were drinking tea did you put Um, on the english subtitles you dub it i did i did uh well because because they said now i had to use my big brain because they said flavor and it was f-a-f-l-a-v-o-u-r like what is that what is that oh flavor (laughs) no you um yeah uh uh so i played this did i say it's got a 51 on ps5 for for metascore it's just on on ps5 um i think that's being pretty generous to it i think (laughs) this is uh pretty fucking bad um like like i think this is like embarrassing in my opinion, um, I think it has a pretty ugly message about uh, suicide and mental health. I think it has a pretty ugly message about like, like why people kill themselves, um, and who is to quote unquote blame for that, which I think is just a pretty fucked up, <laughs> like. I, I think the game is, is does not handle its source material particularly well. Um, 
And when all was said and done, I walked away saying to myself, well, what the fuck was I supposed to get out of that? Which is not what you want from a game about mental health disorders and the like. Um, That said, I have seen some people who I respect their opinions of be like, this was brilliant. Mm. So I don't know if we played the same game, but I also like that does make me like feel like interested in like maybe I should play it again and just like see like now that I know where it goes, like I can like actually like try and analyze it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, It's not that long, but it's also like boring. It's not scary really at all. Um, And it is it is like like I said, it's 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 messaging is super heavy handed in a way that is like it makes it feel like it is trying to talk down to me in a way that I didn't like. Um, but, or, or maybe that it's doing more of like a, like, doesn't homework suck my fellow teens? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, this sucks. This is nothing. How does it tie into actual Silent Hill? Oh, it doesn't. Oh. Okay. So there you go. That was. <laughs> like, like, no, Silent Hill isn't it. Um, it takes place in Germany. Okay. Well. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. That's an answer. Yeah. It's just, it's just like. It's the type of bad that I'm kind of like intrigued by. Like, how did this happen? Like, who made this? Like, what was the what was what were they trying to say with this? Um, I I do think that it ends on kind of an interesting, poignant moment um, about like it, it especially with like what the title is it's called the short message, right? And so I assumed like a lot of people were like, oh, well, because it's like a short little, you know, bite sized survival not survival horror game, but like horror game. Um, when in actuality the title is referring to like um, a text message that's I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this. Hey guys, I'm gonna spoil this. It's two hours. Go play it. You're muted. I'm gonna play it right now as we're talking. Amazing. I'm sorry. Um, I, I won't spoil it. No, spoil actually, it. Spoil it. Do it. I'm gonna say this in a way that doesn't spoil this, but like talks about the ending. It's just like like in reference to how you can reach out to people who might be struggling. Okay. Um, but I think that, and I think that like the final moments of the game is kind of like, it's a little silly and like people have joked about it, but I also do think like, Oh, like there is something to this a little bit. Um, but I also think that like overall the game puts the onus of like someone committed suicide because you didn't reach out to them enough Mm. because you didn't ask them enough about how they were doing because you didn't do this. And like, Hey, that's not why people kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, or even like, like the reason why one of the characters in the game kills themselves is because another, because people spread rumors about them. Mm. And, and like, it seems like someone spread a rumor, a singular rumor. And so they killed themselves. And like to me, I'm like, well, hey, that's that can be a reason why people kill themselves. But like, by and large, they are sick before that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's it's a really like I don't mean to like like it's a bummer to talk about because like it's fucking sad, right? But like I just don't think that this game like understands why people kill themselves. And like it seems like it wants to talk explicitly about that, but it just doesn't know how because it doesn't like fundamentally understand that like hey, people don't kill themselves because they're sad because something happened. They kill themselves because like there is a it's much more complicated and much more deep seated issues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I, again, I've not uh, really ever silent hilled myself, so I don't know how yeah. that source material like deals with this kind of stuff. Um, and then did we ever find out this was, in fact, Bluebird team? 
Oh, you asked me about this. It's not Blue Bridge. Okay, okay. Um, but but it, but but with the way it is written and the way it handles its themes, um, which we'll talk about Blue Bridge team in a little bit here when we talk about the state of play. Um, it, I would not be surprised if it was because it is it is just so so deeply misguided and um, ultimately, uh, it's kind of vapid in the same way that the medium is is vapid. The, the medium's message is like if you have trauma from your past based on like let's say like familial violence or sexual violence or something like that. Um, you are only going to hurt people because of that. And I just think that's a fucked up way to look at life. And I think that the ending of that game is <laughs> the main character says, well, I know the solution to this. And she does. I mean, like it's, they leave it ambiguous, but she either kills a fucking child or herself. So like great solution there, Marianne. <laughs> that was the name of the character from the media see anyway. that game stuck with you so much that you remembered the name <laughs> of that character I, d- I did remember the name of that character so Marianne. hey hey gosh what a dumb game anyway silent hill the short message sorry that was a little like not super put together i am as i mentioned before um a little jet no i thought i thought that was a good good jump into what that game is and um it's not PT, which everyone was hoping it would be. Well, well, so here's the here's the other thing too. So this is free. So so like if you're interested in this, go get a shot. I think um, if you're interested in critically evaluating video games and discussing them like discussing them critically in the way that we do and the way that I do for my job, um, play as many bad video games as you possibly can. And you know what the best way to do that is to play a free video game that takes less than two hours to finish because you won't spend that much time on it. I'm looking at you, Duke Nukem Forever, that you're like 25 hours long. Fucking absolute waste of my life. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like this is a g- really good game because like to me, it does not work on a single level. It feels bad to play. It looks terrible. The message is terrible. The gameplay is really bad and uninteresting. There's a single puzzle and the puzzle, the solution to the puzzle is look for the letters on the ceiling. Are you kidding me? Um, bad it's bad it's bad um but like it's free so give it a shot if you're interested um where was it did you ask me something about this it's not pt it's not pt that's right yeah um and the other thing is like like this wants to be pt with its monster kind of in the way that the monster is like all jittery and moves all weird it wants to be pt really bad but um i remember pt pt is really fucking scary um, and really good at what it does and really good at its sort of loop. It's sort of like time loop thing that it does. And this game, spoiler alert, does like a time loop thing. Not a time loop specifically, but it, like there's like cycles. And um, is, is, it completely fails to do anything with that. Is there's a, Completely 100%. Is there fails. a sink, sink baby in there? Um, no. Oh. There is a... <laughs> spoilers... There is a fridge baby. <laughs> oh. Um, but also, like, I'll say this. This game is toothless as well. Like, y- y- do you want to talk about something fucked up? Then show me something fucked up to make me uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? But, like, like I-, I understand there's a line, and I don't necessarily think that, like, the game would have benefited from showing the thing that it talks about because it is pretty fucked up and sad. And, like, in just in a, in a bleak way, not, like, a horror way, in just, like, a, well... That's upsetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a, like a much more real way than like PT was. But like PT was like, f- like I didn't want to look in the in the sink because of that baby. 
Cause like, what's wrong with the baby? That baby, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's gross and it's weird and it's upsetting. But like, the reason why it's all those things is because we see it as opposed to like, just sort of hearing about it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Yes. It's a section towards the end of the game that I'm talking about, by the way, that is like deals with like parental abuse. That also, believe it or not, uh, is handled really badly, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that like these sorts of themes uh, are tackled but in video games sometimes, and by and large, they are done really, really poorly. And this is just another example of like that. Well, dang. At least it's free. Sorry if my th- again. Sorry if my thoughts on this were a little scattered. But like, I also, yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I would want if I had to like actually like talk about it more. I would, I think I would need to play it again, but. I mean, games. Final game of the Metacritic Roundup. What's that? Sorry. I was going to say, GameSpot said, do not download on Metacritic. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. It's not It's not good. But also, I would if you want to talk about, like like I said, I think there's merit to playing something like this, but um, the merit is not walking away being like, wow, what a good game. Last game of the Metacritic Roundup, Persona 3 Reload. Justin, I've been playing this for like two weeks. Oh. Um, more, more like a week, and then I had it and i just couldn't play because i was in england <laughs> um xbox series x scores an 87 pc scores an 89 and ps5 scores an 88 justin i really like persona 3 Re- reload i've put about 17 hours into it really like not really love yep so do you ever play a remake of a game that's an older game <laughs> that like you go, yep, this is a remake of an older game. Uh, let me pull Naughty Dog in here. Hey, Naughty Dog, do uh, you got another copy of The Last of Us for me? Anything. <laughs> one of them. You got four? Yeah, I'll take one. Thank you. I got it. Yeah, got a couple. We just go like, yeah, this is like, this is good, but this is like an older game in a series that has evolved since this game came out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That is why I recommend if you ever want to go back and do Metal Gear and play all the Metal Gear games, you start from metal gear solid one and then go yeah. otherwise it's you you like i understand that there's merits at them but they are they do not advance like they do not like look as good when you go back in time and don't play those games in order yeah it's interesting um he said this on zero punctuation back a few years ago maybe two years ago at this point persona 4 golden is Persona Five minus one? He means that like, and he, sa- and he says like, he's like, obviously it's a little obvious, yeah, but like yeah. to say it like that, but like literally every single part of that game is like you take all of the ideas that were in Persona Five and you just like subtract them a little bit, and then that's Persona Four. So like it's not like it's not cranked up all the way to the to the nines and tens as it is in Persona Five, which is like all these ideas are a little bit more subdued. Yeah, and this game. Is Persona Four minus it's one? one. <laughs> it, the art style is better. The, it it does the whole like like kaleidoscopic like UI and stuff that I totally fucking love. But it is just it is missing some of the stuff that made Persona Five, in my opinion, so gripping and so exciting. Um, that's not to say it's bad. I'm really liking it. I played a, like I said a lot of it in like just a week. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I am not in love with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, but you're basically saying this is Persona Five minus two, minus two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and, and to me, like, I haven't played the original, so it's it's hard for me to know like 
what exactly um it, it's hard for me to know like what exactly that is like what exactly is different sorry um about it but like there are some things that, that i see where i'm like oh my gosh like persona 5 does this much much better for example nighttime like you know the days are divided into two halves you have afternoon and evening we're basically afternoon like you, you do these activities that like either like enhance your social skills or like improve in uh, like deepen your social connections with people or like you can make tools to use when you're like going and infiltrating palaces and stuff like that. Or like you can like do all sorts of different activities that like all aid your journey in some way. And what the game does is it says you have to figure out how to balance all of the different things that you need to do with the time that you're given, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Uh, and in Persona 5, it does a really, really good job of like, okay, some things are only available during the day. Some things are only available at night. But like the way that all of those things intersect and like um, are built on top of each other makes it so that like it's really hard to do everything and you have to like really balance yourself to the point where like you're like okay i'm going to go and i'm gonna go infiltrate the palace today and then it's nighttime and you're like oh shit actually this one event happened that only comes around once every like week and a half or so that i need to do right now otherwise i'm gonna miss my opportunity and so like you're like always making these choices about like what you're supposed to do with your time whereas in this game um in the afternoons you should hang out with your confidants because that's the only time that confidants are available except for one and there's one confidant that you can hang out with at night and the the rest of your time at night it is strictly about raising your social stats for the most part so like those choices just aren't as interesting because it's like not balanced the right way do you see what i'm saying like because because you only have one option as to what you can do during the afternoon. I mean, you have, you have you can do anything during the afternoons, but like because this that's the only time you can strengthen your confidence, you should be doing that at that point. Does that make do you, like do you kind of understand what I'm saying here? Do you still have to make choices about like who you hang out with and Yeah, yes. And so that's still there. It's just that like these systems in pl- like you're not having to balance as many things because there's not as many co- like con- like conflictions yeah. in terms of like yeah. what is available at w- any given time. Um, if that makes sense. Now I do have to say for me, one of the reasons that I didn't always go back and enjoy persona five when I was playing it is because I felt mm-hmm. like there was a way to miss out on so much. And there was a wrong way to play the game because I wouldn't be like maximizing my days. I would be wasting time doing the wrong activities instead of actually like doing mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do. Um, is there still at least in, in persona three, some way to make it feel like you don't miss anything is it more clear what you're doing or is it more just like clear makes it not as interesting um i would say that like there's just less to do in this game okay so like it yes you can it is there's less to do in the game and it is perfectly fine with you missing stuff mm, I don't like in that. persona 5 I don't like I, I know what you're saying like you feel like oh my gosh like if I don't do this I'm not playing optimally like I, I don't want to miss anything like I, I do get that but for the most part that game makes it really hard to miss stuff whereas in in this game like you will look at like I'll, sometimes I'll look at like you, you can see like what other people did on that day to try and get an idea of like what should you should you be doing 
and it'll be like someone's hanging out with a confidant that I've never even talked to. Like, who are you? Like, I don't even know. Who, yeah, who is that person? How would I even meet that person? You know what I mean? Whereas in Persona Five, like I think for the most part, like every single confidant that you meet or like every single like activity that you can do is presented to you pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And it's like, they're both there, but to, to be honest, even though it looks more complicated, Persona 5 makes it seem more complicated than it is, but they do a better job yes. of guiding you with what you need to do and what it will do for you. It's just more, it's more, it's uh, Persona 3 plus 2. <laughs> exactly. And and what you're saying too, though, that feeling of like missing something, like, yes, is stressful, but that is the game. You know what I mean? Like, the game is intentionally making it hard for you to, because you can't do everything right. It is intentionally saying like, you have to choose what to do with your time. Um, whereas this game, like I'm just like, there's nothing to do at night, (laughs) you know? And during the day, like I have to do this one thing because I can't do it at night. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just balanced a little bit differently. Um, there's, I, I, it's not entirely all like bad because I do like it by the way. Um, I, I, there's one thing that I really like about it, and and this was the same thing with Persona Four Golden, where like you don't have infinite money. You, do you ever run into that problem in like games where like it starts off and you don't have any money, and then you play it for a little while and you have more money than you can ever know what to do with? It's like life, right? Like right now, I have so much money. I'm just I'm just drowning in money. Yeah, exactly. But when I was a baby, exactly. That allowance was Who, tough. You, exactly. You was just you were paid in bottles and and. Uh, what do you? What else do you give babies? Like pacifiers? There you go. The babas, um, babas and fafas. <laughs> babas. Yeah. Babas, fafas, baba is you. Yeah. Couldn't play it. Didn't, it's <laughs> it's too complicated. Still, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, in Persona Three, like, uh, you only get money from combat if you sel- Okay. When you finish a fight. Sometimes something happens called shuffle time, where there's like cards. <laughs> and about and a shuffle time. From. Exactly. Uh, so basically, like, you don't, you, uh, when a fight is over, sometimes you can select one of, like, three or four cards that will give you something. So, for example, if you want to get a new persona, they will appear as a card instead of, like, recruiting them the way you do in Persona 5 or, like, Shimagami Tensei or whatever. They appear as a card, and you have to select that. Or you would select, like, an experience boost. So it means that like it's there's going to be an experience multiplier on, on the thing you did or like a skill card that you can get or money. Because when you finish a fight, you do not get money unless you choose that. So in order to get money to use for your daily life and like to get new gear and whatever, you have to either work a job or select that you want to get money from finishing a fight, which means that if you select that, you're not selecting like getting a new persona or getting more experience points or getting like uh, skill cards or stuff like that. Does that make sense? That sounds like work. It's, it's an interesting choice that you have to make because it makes you say like, what do I need? And it makes you like really consider like what you're doing. That is the sort of thing that I really like about the game because it forces you to make a tough decision about what to do with your resources and time and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so still a good game, good RPG, just not Persona Five. Yep, yep. Uh, and like the story, like I do like the story. I'm, I'm deep into the story at this point, um, but I just don't think it's as gripping as Persona Five because Persona Five starts and it's like it like immediately gives reasons for you to care. Whereas in in this one, it starts and like like I don't want to spoil anything because I know people are into these games, 
not that I w- would spoil anything major, but it's like there is not that hook of like, holy shit, we got to do something about this. It's just kind of like, well, we should probably help out because because this seems bad, but it's not the sort of thing where it's like, well, fuck, if, if this keeps going on, this guy's going to get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. OK, so there's not like a, there's not like a bad guy or an antagonist, it's, at least yet. It's just like shadows persona five is about brain vaults persona four is about television persona three is about so like (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) this this one's harder to explain so basically like yeah so so in persona five it's about like the mind palaces persona four is about um going into the tv and forget the midnight channel and then this one is about um the it's called like the midnight hour where basically every single night there is an hour that takes place between 12 a.m. and 12.01 a.m. that most people do not experience. But the Persona users do experience it, and that's when the shadows come out and whatever. And so you are exploring the depths, or rather, like, the floors of Tartarus, which is this, like, giant structure that appears um, during the midnight hour and trying to figure out why it happens and why shadows attack people during that time and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so I mean, that's it's interesting. Like, it is interesting. Yeah, it's like the like, witching it, hour. It, yeah, it, but it doesn't have like the hook uh, to be like for me for me to be like, well, I have to see if they win because I don't even like. What are we winning against? There's no bad guy. It's just like shadows in general. Time. You know what I'm saying? Time is our bad guy. You know? I guess so. Yeah. Take your time. That's percent five. Wisdom. Um, <laughs> I, I do really like I do really like it. The style is really good. I do like the characters a lot. Um, the performances are all really good and everything like that. Uh, it's just like I, I just find it to be a little less gripping in terms of its narrative and its mechanics than something like Persona 5. Fair enough. Still a good game. Yep. I'm enjoying my time with it. And when we hang up tonight, I'm going to play more of that. Ooh. Video game. Uh, and it's on Game Pass, so if you've got Game Pass, give it a shot. Oh, actually, that's actually a pro for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin, you play Pal World? I, I see did, you got I did play a little bit of Pal World, the game that I did. I heard about, I laughed at the thought of it, and then it came out and then people were talking about it, and I'm like, this game must be good, right? Um, is it? Maybe, maybe it is good. But two things really, really, really just made me not want to continue with it. Thing numero uno. It's a survival game. Yep, survival crafter. And to be fair, I don't think it's a very good one of those. But in order to start getting your pals to do all the fun stuff with it, you got to start off with the bad survival crafting aspects of it. Um, So, like, you wake up in a world, you create a character... You run around, you punch trees, you do whatever, you beat up little sheep pals, um, and then you make benches, you get a little stronger, you make pal balls, you got to find pal stones, you got to capture the pals, then they become your little best friends. Um, And that's pretty much where I got with it, but like the build, I got to a point where they have a tutorial, and at first it's like, make a crafting bench, make a pal ball, do whatever, and then it's like, kill 10 of these creatures, capture 20 of these creatures, capture 30 of these creatures. And I'm like, I ain't doing that for 30 of these creatures to, to get where I need to go with it. 
Um, so I think the thing that that obviously the the barrier for me is that the survival aspects are very front forward. I think it's easy to look at this game as being like a Pokemon with guns or like a open world Pokemon game, but it's yeah. at its heart a survival crafting game with Pokemon like characters pals in it so if you like those games i think this is actually something that is unique to that genre because so much of when you get to the later levels of it appears that the um pals kind of become your automation so it almost becomes like a number clicker to a certain point where the numbers just get bigger you can start uh, crafting and resource doing resource management with your pals that you kind of automate um and it does look like there's a lot more combat in this game um than what I would say, not even that I would expect in one of these games. There's a lot of combat in this game, a lot of varied combat, a lot of varied traversal, interesting places to explore. Um, But heart of it, it is still just a survival game. So that, that kind of like tears me away from it a little bit. Um, The other thing is that it's early access. Don't, don't, don't you forget that it's early access. Now, part of this is because I played it on a game pass um, PC game pass, um, but the Game Pass version, at least when I played, is not the most current version of it. Steam had the updated version. The Game Pass one was a little bit bu- further behind in terms of its um, uh, current build. Uh, and the stuff sometimes is just rough. Um, I mean, yeah. like they have some NPCs you talk to and like the, it's like sitting on the ground and then snaps to a standing animation where it like does some like jointed dialogue and then snaps back to the ground. Um, yeah, there's it's just like you know, things pop in and out all the time. Again, it's not like a polished or finished game yet. It's you're in the, the opening stages of it. Um, I think things that could be cool about that if they really do find ways to uh, crossbreed and evolve a lot of these creatures, that could get really cool as you're starting to make these like crazy hybrid characters of everything that you put together. Um, so mm-hmm. if you have your favorite little pals, you can like make a massive flying bunny um, or a, a tiny dragon whale pal that you have or whatever. Um, I know, uh, or even just having like evolutions, I think would make it a little bit more meaningful. Um, sure. But I, as I was playing it, I did get a lot of those Arceus vibes and not in the good ways. It's just like, there's these like worlds with things in them, but it just doesn't feel like it is that fun to walk around the worlds yet. And I'm sure it, once you start getting bigger pals and you can like explore more, it probably fixes that a little bit. Um, but uh, early access free. If you have game pass, People are still talking about it, though I do think the the hotness for the game has died down significantly, or am I just not plugged in? I mean, it had like, like what was it, 19 million players? <sighs> so I think people are very into it. <laughs> um, but also, like, like these sorts of like crafting games are, are hugely popular. I mean, like Ark yeah, and yeah. Like, uh, like Rust and stuff like that, like I know, are just like smash hits, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I will be interested also to see like what sort of legs this has moving forward. Um, I'm interested in at least trying it, um, but it, like probably not anytime soon. <laughs> uh, or if I do, like um, it might be for like an evening and then just probably never again. But and th- that's the problem though, because I think th- like a game like this you got to invest in in order to get yeah. a lot out of it. You have to be willing to invest in it. Um, and I don't know if I'm willing to based on where it is yet. No, I, I, I totally, totally, totally know what you mean. But um, yeah, so there you go. Justin, let's go over to the news. Ooh, let's go. Where to begin? 
I think we begin with Xbox. Um, first of all, uh, fucking brutal. Laid off 1,900 people last week. Absolutely fucking horrific. Uh, we, we've talked about this over the past few weeks about like, I, like, what do we even say about the layoffs anymore? Like, there's nothing to say. It's just bleak and sad and, and horrible. Um, to a certain extent, like layoffs or, or management restructuring is to be a little bit expected when you merge companies like with Activision Blizzard like they are essentially their own publisher right and like they don't need more <laughs> because their publishing unit I imagine has been eaten up by you know Xbox Game Studios but 1900 people is just like fucking brutal um do you have anything to say about that I mean like there's nothing like we said nothing to say at this point right it, just like sucks it's just so so sad too because like you know, you need to pay people a lot of money in order to make it worth their time and to respect the work that they do. Um, and that makes prices are like go up because there always have to be like positive margins for things. And I feel like a lot of this stuff is just like the, the, it scares me like the, the job loss is a problem, but the sustainability of this industry is the thing that scares me the most because it is yes. getting more and more expensive. It's more and more expensive to keep people at these studios to employ these people. Um, and even a company like Microsoft, I would have never thought that they would have been laying off this many people already. I mean, like literally was it that day or the day before they were like, we're, we are officially a $3 trillion company. And, you know, that is Microsoft as a whole. That is not just Xbox, right? But, like, still, um, $3 trillion is truly, truly a fuck ton of money. Like, like I can't even conceptualize how big $3 trillion is. I'm going to, you know what? You know I'm going to count up from one to three trillion right now. You, yeah, you go ahead. Think, okay, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. I think it's four. Justin, it's four. Four is next. Justin, four. Oh, sorry, a trillion. Three, four, trillion. Oh, I see what happened there. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it's it's a crazy amount, right? Like, yeah. like it's just it's it's truly, truly, truly a lot. So maybe they could have found some funds to pay those people. Who knows? Um, somewhere, somewhere. But um, I, I, yeah, nothing. Nothing really else to say other than fuck that. Just keeps happening. Yeah, and it's it's sad, but um, Xbox, this is all happening today. Um, some information came to light from Xbox Era, which is um, I think they're like I am not super familiar with this site. I think it is a um, like a like a new like a a publication you know what i mean i thought i thought it was a forum site because it's got era in it like reset era but it's not um it's just like a full-on you know xbox central uh, centric publication um but they have a report uh titled exclusive microsoft plans starfield launch for playstation 5 and essentially the gist of it is that um they're planning a release a starfield release for ps5 after um the shattered space dlc comes to xbox and pc and that, um, quote, Microsoft has made additional investment into PlayStation 5 dev kits to support ongoing development efforts. Um, so it was like, oh, Starfield is probably going to be coming to um, 
PS5. And then Jeff Grubb said on Game S Mornings uh, that Gears of War, the whole series, is potentially going to be coming to PlayStation as well. And then obviously we have heard a lot about Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation as well. All these rumors are circling around. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Phil Spencer tweets out, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Oh, also, I didn't mention this, but um, the big rumor is as well that uh, uh, Indiana Jones in the Great Circle will also be coming, will be multi-plat as well. Um, uh, multi-plat eventually or at launch? Um, I think the, from what it says here, and this is just a rumor, um, um, doesn't say, but this Verge article has this here, and it says, um, a new multi-platform approach for certain Xbox games is emerging inside Microsoft, we're told, with the company weighing up it, which titles will remain exclusive and others that will appear on Switch or PS5 in the future. Indiana Jones appears to be part of this new wave of multi-platform games. So it doesn't say specifically if that would be at launch. Um... Oh, it's okay. It does say this. According to The Verge, um, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle is tentatively targeting a 2024 December launch for the Xbox and PC versions. A PS5 release could launch months later, hmm. but hmm. not not super sure. Um, so Ryan McCaffrey, um, I think he's still at IGN, right? Uh, he is. Yeah, they're, uh, uh, I guess they're Microsoft. At one point was their big Microsoft voice there. I think still is. Um, he tweeted... What I, I find to be an interesting response to Phil Spencer's tweet. He says, I respect the heck out of Phil, but constructive criticism time. Their messaging is almost always reactive rather than proactive. Their brand is in a constant defensive state. It's been this way since 2013. It makes them look weak. Honestly, Sony and Nintendo aren't like this. Do you agree with that? Do you think that it's a bad look for Microsoft to be, I guess, reactive, apologetic, compassionate to their consumers um here's a hot take xbox has done this to themselves and i feel not i feel no sympathy um there is a link between the horrible horrible like console war bullshit xbox bros online Mm -hmm. and Xbox execs and marketing fueling those people by fucking following them on Twitter (laughs) and like liking their tweets and like quote tweeting them being like, look at this. And it's like the worst guy you've ever heard of or met. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, it makes sense. So, so I don't think that like, this is a big deal for a lot of people because Xbox has built this community of like these horrible, like, douchebags i'm like like i uh, maybe i'm not speaking exactly how i want to but i don't care i'm tired like it, xbox says it like the brand xbox the brand has fostered this community of like horrible dudes right who are like built into who are like bought into this like console war bullshit from like 2009 right where it's just stupid but they have done this to themselves so that, yes, I do agree Ryan, with Ryan McGaffrey saying that they have to play defensive because they created these guys who lose their shit. If Hi-Fi Rush, a game that's really good and that they got to play on their Xbox Series X for one full year, eventually comes to the Switch. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that I think that yes, they have to be defensive because they created the most offensive fan base of any any studio. You know, um, I mean, I mean, like PlayStation people are like that too, right? But it's different because, like I said, like PlayStation marketing people don't follow those accounts. But Aaron Greenberg follows those accounts. Not, I'm, I'm making generalizations here. Like maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But like Phil Spencer follows those types of accounts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I, part of this, it, it like the 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 double edged sword here that is just kind of like when I hear this kind of stuff and I hear a company in a in a, in a spin guy like Phil Spencer out there really trying to be like open and honest to a point. Um, like you want people to be transparent about this kind of stuff that if something is happening, you don't want them to just ignore it. You, I mean, you want them to like talk Correct. about it. I think that stuff is good. Um, but I do feel like, and I think I, this, this, I believe the same thing would happen if the, if Sony decided that it would start having last of us on, on Microsoft. I think there is this, this, this unhealthy connection to a game and a console when obviously mm-hmm. the connection should be what is going to make more of the game you love. And guess what makes right. more money? We just talked about all these layoffs. What makes more money? Uh, what makes uh, uh, more games? Money. And if these things yeah. are making money, they are going to get games. And they, Microsoft literally just laid off a bunch of people, and it's not because I'm sure they're happy with their financial reports. They're probably yeah. laid off those people because they need to make find ways to make more money and get new revenue streams in and find a way to make this business that is probably suckling them with game pass and like spending out money for this stuff they need to they need to find ways to to have alternate revenue streams so they can keep making great games um i don't want bethesda games to start being cut back because they can't afford it any they can't afford to make a good bethesda game anymore um i don't want them to uh you know the next machine games game they make not to be the game that they want to make but a game that they have to get out there quick i want a mm-hmm. guess a company like bethesda to take the time they need to make the games they want and time takes money money um imagine starfield as much as you know people have shit on it some people love that game imagine if that game came out two years ago in the state that it was in because they had to get it out in that state that would not have been a a good move for bethesda so regardless of of your your fanism or wherever you're at this is the choice that microsoft is making because they look at their numbers they know what's going to make them money and they know it's going to be profitable for them and end of the day this is what's going to keep them being making more of the games that we love so that's what I think. Yes, maybe you seem weak, Microsoft, but I don't care if you're weak making money. Do it. <laughs> um, I also think, like, so here's here's a great little Twitter thread from Geo from Digital Trends. Uh, he quote-tweeted this Warrior 64 tweet that, like, recapped all this and said, people have to understand that Microsoft isn't playing by old-school console rules here. You aren't buying an Xbox for the big exclusives. You're buying it for the ease of ecosystem. Like when you have an Apple phone and buy a MacBook to make your life easier. That's the value. The value prop is, hey, you have a bunch of games via Game Pass that you can access via your PC, play on your phone through the cloud, and sit down with the console. It's closer to the promise of Stadia than it is a traditional console. Is it worth buying a $500 console just to be able to have more flexibility in where and how you play games that are on other platforms? Your call. But it's been clear that this was the strategy since the Series X's biggest launch game was a Gears Tactics port. The other thing that's mm. funny about the outrage is that people have complained for decades about how much they've hated console exclusives, said they were, quote, anti-consumer. Now we're moving away from them and people are still complaining. Make up your minds. 
And the best case side effect is that it totally throws console weird console war weirdos for a loop as they're no longer sure if it makes sense to randomly trash a game that'll come to their system or get overly defensive about a mediocre game because it's no longer a point to be scored. I love that. Yeah, like like spot on, right? About like I think it's exactly the the Apple thing, right? Like is our iPhones and Macs and whatever the best at what they do objectively no however the ease of use of those things are huge selling points right and it's hard to get out of those ecosystems because you're used to it right i don't like the playstation 5's like like operating system (laughs) like i don't like it doesn't work well for me and like i mean like i'm even thinking about like when i jumped up from my ps4 to my ps5 obviously that was one th- time but like my games didn't work right my save files didn't all totally load right you know what i mean like it was a whole thing whereas with the xbox it just for me works and i know that that is my subjective experience with it and it doesn't always work that way for people but it just like always comes together and works for me in that way um and i, I think it's put really well with that point yeah so. ab- absolutely so yeah maybe you look weak microsoft but you're 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 playing you're playing chess when everyone's playing checkers here. I think it makes sense. And, and to a certain extent, I do understand a little bit why some people would be upset because if like Microsoft has been saying like, well, buy our console, buy our console, buy our console. And then like if you're spending, it was like $500, right, for an Xbox Series X to also not be able to play God of War or The Last of Us or Spider-Man, but then find out like, oh, I could have spent my $500 over here to play those things and then also play the games that you guys make. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do understand yep. why, like it would devalue that hardware, but again, it's the ease of ecosystem thing, like the X cloud and the con the, the, um, multiple console, like save file cloud syncs and stuff like that. I think it's great. Um, here's another Twitter thread. If I may read this, just uh, to go back to the point I was talking about, cause I, I don't think I maybe necessarily like super properly and well, I don't think I was particularly, um, adept at making this argument about like, the console wars weirdos that like Xbox empowers. But um, this is from Alex Donaldson. He's the owner of RPG site, among other things. Um, And he wrote, there's actually a deeper thesis here about how Xbox in particular has fostered this really messy relationship between its exec slash brand and a handful of low key toxic Xbox focused media and influencer accounts. They've endlessly fed this beast and now it threatens to eat them. By comparison, Sony is, in my opinion, poor at the community thing, which isn't good either, though some of Sony's individual studios are good at it. But what Xbox has created feels to have become particularly monstrous and totally out of the brand's control. (sighs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, people just just enjoy things. Guys, the world sucks. Look outside. Look outside. It's going to be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's nighttime outside right now. I can't. I don't. Games. I don't see anything. Just, just have fun. Play video games because you know what video games are supposed to be, Peter. Peter, guess what they're supposed to be? Well, they're supposed to be fun, but then like, isn't there that argument about like some games aren't supposed to be fun? Returnal's not supposed to be fun. It's supposed to break you down, bring you to your knees, and then it's really fun when you blow stuff up. But <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, you just played um, uh, a very bad short message game, so. Yeah, was that supposed to be fun? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> uh, I do like this. I do like this tweet from Ethan Gatch. 
uh, from Kotaku. He says, reporter, is it true Starfield is coming to PS5? Xbox. Ah, can you give us 148 hours to respond? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so this will um, we're going to find out more about this as time goes on um, when they finally make their statement. Justin, there was a state of play. What did you think of it? Oh, there was a state of play. It wasn't there. There was. Um, all right. So uh, to start off with, I think this state of play was showing me that the end half of this year is not, maybe not the end half, because this is really dealing with the end half per se. I don't think there's that much like Sony stuff I'm going to be looking forward to this year. Um, I would say this is pretty front loaded, right? Like this is like getting us up to like May, June, you know, and, um, and a lot of like what's coming in 2025. I think I, I would argue that a lot of this made me excited for the future a little bit more than the than the year, current year. Um, yeah, that's fair. But um, yeah, it was fine. I nothing here made me go hell yeah. Um, in in like a, an aggressive way. There was some cool stuff announced, but again, nothing that I would write home about to be like i cannot wait until this game comes out i cannot wait to play this game um stellar blade let me just say stellar blade oh i mean i am very excited for stellar blade yeah i'm gonna tell you this right now you know what it reminds me of near automata Hell fucking yeah man so much of near automata um the thing i do worry about it is that the thing i love about near is this the tone of it um Yes. And I'm not getting that tone by watching this in terms of the characters and their interactions. It reminds me, and this is going to be um, maybe a, a little bit of a reductive thing to say. It reminds me of a toned down Bayonetta in a near world. Um, I know what you're saying there, and I uh, I get it. And, and again, <laughs> that's not necessarily the bad thing. But if, I, if they make me hold the, my controller with my four my four little digits like that i'll play it yeah if there's a jump jump dash i'll fucking play it oh there's definitely a jump jump dash if there's a I mean, we, saw, like, we saw a lot of it it was like seven minutes uh, six six minutes so what i'm saying is like i will play this game excited for this game a day one purchase that i'm gonna put 70 dollars into i don't know if i can yeah no and i think that's fair right um especially because it's like i shift up is the name of this uh Developer, what what else have they made? Do we know? Um, probably like a racing game. It was like a shift game. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you. Stellar Blade. That's it. Is there only thing? Oh wow, I have no faith. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, to me it looks good. I'm I'm excited to to get a chance to uh, play this. Um. What else was there that I was into? I'll tell you what I wasn't into: Rise of Ronin. Oh, <laughs> saw a lot of people. I saw a lot of people saying like, "Oh my gosh, it looks so good." And I was like, "Oh no, I did did not think it looked." Um, it didn't have that precision. At least it seemed like to me that something like Sekiro had, um, which I would say it's kind of what this is trying to, um, kind of be in conversation with at the very least uh, yeah. in terms of, like the one-on-one sword fighting stuff but um just didn't look like it was for me for whatever reason i um, just didn't look as tight and that's okay and, and like part of it to me too like it looks like a game that is not going to be like ready to come out this year yeah I don't, like that's the thing like to me like the combat that they showed off i was like oh this is like this looks like it might not be 100 percent ready 
right now, and they're like, oh, it's coming in March. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I, guess okay. That's well, I guess it's uh, it's out <laughs> there. That's that's, that. that's what it will be. So. Yeah. Um, they got this Until Dawn remaster for PS5 and PC. Um, hey, I, I'll take any excuse to replay that game. <laughs> I think I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Um, I'd be curious. I don't know if if um, like. I wonder how much it costs, but like, you know, I'll replay it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like $10. It doesn't look like drastically better. I mean, it looks better, but not like drastically enough better for me to want to do it. And we had recently just played it within the past two years. Um, when, uh, the not Wolf of Wall Street, Jesus Christ, the, um, what was that game? The Wolf Among Us? No. The Quarry? The Quarry, when that came out, we uh, sure. went back to kind of like play that again. So I don't know if I need it today. Um, and I don't know if like this feels like this, my, my bitching with The Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> Like, you know. I, no, a, a thousand percent, right? Like, I think that this game, like, it's not needed. No. Like, it's still good. Like, it's still good and it still gets everything across. Like, I don't know. I remasters right now feel like kind of silly because it's just like what like truly what are you improving maybe the visuals a little bit but like it, games look pretty good man and they like still look pretty good you know yeah peter let's go back to our xbox conversation um they're gonna do what makes them money and they would not be doing this if they weren't making money off of this stuff people are buying these yeah i guess that's true and until dawn is nine years old that, so. that is true yeah um but like, like it's also just like kind of to me like a testament of like it's nine years old, but like it, it does it look like a game that came out this year? No, no. But does it look like it's that far off from a game that came out this year? Also, no. Speaking to the point where it's un- unplayable or unenjoyable. Speaking but, of, uh, did you see so, like the side by side comparisons of Arkham Knight and uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? Yeah, Arkham Knight looks amazing. I know. <laughs> and then, like, Suicide Squad, it's just not even. And it's not even just, like, a stylistic choice. It looks like, I mean, there are lesser textures. There are lesser animations in the background. The worlds themselves just look more empty. It is disappointing. Yeah, it, it is. It, I would say that's the word for it, right? Just disappointing yeah, in general. Yeah. Um, what else was here? Um, Des- oh, Silent Hill Two. Oh, Silent Hill Two. You want to talk about that one? I, we'll, we'll end we'll, with we'll end with Koji. Okay, okay. But, uh, then, then we can we, let's pick at this gap for a little bit. Uh, Silent Hill. Uh, this is gonna be a ten out of ten game, right? Dude, like everything I see about it just makes me more excited to play it. Really? Because I just I just want to know. I just have okay. To see. I was like, I, you, you scared me there. I thought I thought for sure. I just have to see, like, like, dude, like. That looked bad, right? That Silent Hill 2 trailer. Yeah. It looked like it when you're playing, um, like when you see people, they like pull the camera out of Resident Evil. Um, and like there's like a, a character model that's not meant to be like seen in that way. Seen in that or way. That kind of seems yes. like what the way is. Um, and I don't know if this is the way I want to play this game. Uh, it doesn't look like it necessarily, like the characters don't look good. Um, some of it looks a little spooky, but like not to a point where I'm like, Hey, this is, this is going to be game changing, game defying genre defining. Um, it just looks, eh. it's just like the idea of even having like a combat trailer for silent Hill. It's like, what are you like? Literally, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just completely miss the point. Um, and on top of that, like, I would have not if if I if those were the clips that they sent me I would have said have you considered not doing a combat trailer? <laughs> They're like, well, this is the game though. This is all we got. Yeah, like like 
Have you considered doing any other type of trailer? What do you think this is coming out? This does not look like it's coming out today. Um, no, I think I think they're keeping it intentionally vague to be like to not have to like disappoint people if they delay it. You know what I mean? Um, I but like it, I don't think it looks like it's done. But I also don't think that it's going to look like it's like like to me that combat like looks bad just in general. Like it just does not look good. I mean, it feels like to me that this is going to be something that is like the reason we saw a combat trailer is not because the combat is good. It's probably one of the first things you work on in terms of the gameplay is trying to get that combat down. So they're probably going to be doing the rest of the stuff around it. And I don't mean that's a good thing. Like, I'm not saying that that that's a positive thing for the game. We're trying to defend the game. I think this shows the game is not close. Yeah, I I would probably agree. Um, Because also I think if it was close, they would have at least said 2024. In development. In development. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's not the words you want to hear. No, it really isn't. Um, Where's your dinner? It's in development. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, oh no. Yeah, we, we currently have the, we have a baby calf that we have to wait until it can be a nice um, piece of a nice heifer, a nice heifer. So we'll get some time on that. Um, we got a new trailer for Judas. This is the Ken Levine game. It's just more Bioshock. Looks all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I excited for this. Sure. Yeah. I want this. Um, I. I I'm not as excited as I could be for it because this is also not going to be coming out till at least 2025. Yeah, it's just one of those things where like a, tra- a trailer was, I'm like, all right, sure. I'm glad to, to know that this is happening. But like, if you are saying it's, um, we're not going to see it until next year. I'm like, I just won't think about this. Yeah, yeah, I can wait. And I mean, I've seen like, I've seen a lot of this stuff before. It doesn't look revolutionary to me. It looks like I get to go back into the types of world that I think are interesting, but it looks just, you know. Yeah, I've played Bioshock. I like Bioshock. I do but like yeah. Bioshock. Um, game I can't stop thinking about, Legendary Tales for the PSVR 2. It's this game with the skeletons. I, <laughs> It's a game that, like, to me, looks like a looks like an old game. Like a classic game where they're like, well, what like what do you do in video games? Hey, you fight, you fight skeletons. Yeah, like a, like a, like <laughs> We're going to make a video game all about that. Like a student project, you know? Yeah, um, and they just like it's two and a half minutes of a guy just fucking up skeletons as hard as he possibly well, can, like and to a, do it to a disrespectful degree. And they they don't go for the nape of the neck. That is the thing that I keep saying that they should be doing in this. They got to make sure they're going for the nape of the neck. And heck, maybe you know it, you get maybe it. they transferred its consciousness into its uh, into its uh, uh, like like uh, what do they call that? It's um, circulatory system. No, it's uh, nerve neurons. What do they call that? Your Nervous system. Nervous system. Yeah, maybe put your consciousness in your nervous system to get a little bit of final like motion before you go. But like, get the nape of the neck. The nape of the neck. Cut it out. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. I want to buy a ham just to try doing a couple of moves on it. See if I can <laughs> cut that out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. And then, because what's great about that too is, you know, once you're done with that, you're and you, you you got, got a ham. ham. So like, that's not the worst thing in the world to like play around with. You know, everyone wins. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Death Stranding 2 we got a trailer for it I'm very excited uh, because it looked very weird and interesting um, we got the name of Death Stranding 2 it's called Death Stranding 2 colon on the beach which is maybe one of the worst names I've ever heard for a video game and I love that they are calling it that like truly a terrible name um, it looks interesting yeah it, it seems like it's, it's ratcheted up to even more weird I'll be interested to see where they go with it from where it was um, I, I there. I, time will be interested in this game for a lot of reasons. I'll be interested to see what they do with the time. 
Um, I also just think the world itself is worth coming back to. Um, I think that is going to be something about this game. Not not even just the, the getting around it. it the, the story, the characters, they're interesting and cool enough and just seeing where it's going to go and more weird-ass Kojima. Like, that's what you see in this, right? You see weird-ass Kojima. And I'm... Yeah. I am excited for this. Um, again, I would be more excited if they're like, this is coming out today or this is coming out in October. But I do not believe that is going to happen. You don't think it'd come out today or uh, this year? I mean, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it might. But I think at this point, why would they not show this and give us uh, at least uh, this is coming out this year? Um, I mean, I, I guess you could I, I could see it if it was like we're aiming for holiday 2024. But we don't want to tell people that if the very real possibility we have to push it. Yeah. Yeah. To to February or, you know what I mean? Or March 2025. Yeah. Because I could see it coming because we, you know, we, we got the trailer for it. The first initial trailer for it. What? At Game Awards, not this past year, but 2022. I think so. Yeah. So so like I, I don't think it's out of the question that we could see it. Soon ish. But I, I think that it will likely come 2025. It would be my assumption that um, with this particular game, even if the game, the first game was developed in a pretty quick turnaround, I just think this is going to be a little bit more dense than the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that both from a storytelling perspective, and that's saying something, but also from a gameplay perspective, I think it's going to be filled out a little bit more. Um, I would yeah. assume, I hope, we get a little bit more... Like, obviously, the first game is about reconnecting the world. I hope it's, like, reconnecting each other, like, literally. And it's more people and more actual, like, human interactions. And the thing mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to, I hope they are sponsored by fucking Monster Energy again. Because I want to see them drink that photorealistic can of Monster. Like- it is the most, oh, man, sometimes in my dark days, I just think about how just just wonderful that, that looked. How refreshing that can of Monster was. What if it was like G Fuel? I would be so <laughs> disappointed. There's nothing about G Fuel that'll make me happy. Or like, or or, or what if it's like a, like a like a third rate <laughs> energy drink? So like Amp. <laughs> hey, full throttle. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know. This is interesting. I was like, Kojima tweeted like, you know, a lot of people want to see Mads Mikkelsen again, and he says like, but if you've played Death Stranding one. You know that he can't be in it. I like. I haven't played it. I assume that he, because he's the bad guy, right? Aren't we the bad guys, Peter? I okay. So I don't know. Um, didn't play it, so I can't can't say. Um, but like like, I assume that he dies or something happens to him so that he can no longer be in it. But he basically says like, if you play Death Stranding one, you know that he can't be in it. And there's something that I really appreciate about that as like someone saying like. I know what people want and people want Mads Mikkelsen to be in this game. But unfortunately I will not give that to them because it's, I know what I want from this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just something I really respect about saying like, I know that people want this, but unfortunately I'm not going to give it to them because I have to do my own. Well, and it's not about fan service at a certain point. Like there's, there's a time and a place for fan service. I could see a situation where there's an appearance or a voice or a moment made by it. But like, Mm -hmm. I just don't know if that's what, like, that's not what the story needs. Just because, just because you want it doesn't mean a story needs it. I'm looking at you prequels, Star Wars movies. I'm looking at you sequels, Star Wars movies. I'm looking at you, Star Wars. Star Wars sort of in general. Yeah. Yeah. My God, I love Star Wars. Oh, give me a lightsaber. (laughs) Um, 
And then also they announced that Hideo Kojima is making another PlayStation exclusive game that's going to blur the line between a video game and a movie. Shut up. Um, Shut up. Wild. I mean, like, I, I can't believe he's finally doing that. I mean, I was waiting for this for a long time for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, we've all been waiting for him to finally blur the line between a video game and a movie. Um, but it, it's in, in association with uh, uh, Columbia Pictures, I think. Columbia. Um, and uh, it's going to be like an action espionage game. So like some sort of Metal Gear type game um, called Fizzent, which is another just terrible title um, from my man Kojima. If <laughs> and, Death, um, Death Stranding, though, was a fucking stupid name. Oh, I think it's a good I think it's a good name. Like when you first heard it, you're like, what is it? Now we got Fizzent, man. I bet it's like like a game about soda pop. You get to. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of gives that off, right? Where it's just like, what is this? Yeah. Like, but like not in a way that I'm like into but in a way i'm like yeah it's like fizz yeah. right um by the by that jacket kojima wore in this good i fucking good. want that i mean it, very, it looks very like it's a fashion statement but also when it's a little cold out you just put up that and you got your little like put those guys up and man yeah. you are you're rocking it but i think you know like uh, we're not gonna see this game until 20 i 32 i'm gonna be retiring 2032 right seriously because like he's got death stranding 2 which again we're not going to see until next year let's say and then he's working on od which we're not going to see for five years after that but we'll see that on playstation (laughs) 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 call back i like that um yeah just keep keep the ps5 running right but i mean like od will be on the ps6 right if if they're saying 2028 is about when we should expect that so that'll be on the ps6 And then Fizzent after that will be one of the last games on the PS6 before we get to the PS7. Yeah. So like, that's crazy, right? Like, like why even like other than just like to drum up excitement? Like, why even announce that you're working on this? I know it's like we're he's talking about the sequel to Death Stranding before not the sequel, like the 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 thing following Death Stranding before Death Stranding Two is even out. But it's also like he's talking about the thing that's going to follow up Death Stranding. Before the actual thing that's going to follow up Death Stranding comes out, mm-hmm. or we've even, he, or we've even like seen or understood anything about it, because it's just all we've heard is Jordan Peele go like, "It's fucking good." <laughs> like, all right, that's fine. Like, sure, I like I I trust Jordan Peele to know something's good or not. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's odd. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I look forward to that in yeah, it's called ten years. When I am, I have uh, an entire thirty-six. I'll, I'll be thirty-six when that happens. You don't know how old I'll be. Thirty-seven. Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> Good math. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in more PlayStation stuff. Uh, rumor has it that there's an Uncharted One remake coming for the PS5. Oh yeah, um, no, no. I don't need. I don't need the Last of Us Part One. Give me Uncharted One. Do you got that one? You got four of them. How many of those do you have? How many Uncharted ones? How many Uncharted ones do we have now? I have it in my head that you're a big Uncharted fan. Um, no. I know it's not true. Not really. I have it in my head no. that you are. No, I don't think I am a huge Uncharted fan. It, like, is Uncharted One? Does it need to be remade? Um. It doesn't need a remaster. I think it needs more than that. I mean, like, it has a remaster, and the remaster is fine. And it's good, even. But, like, re- you know their remake is going to be, like, we're going to make it shoot more, like, 
Uncharted 5 or 4, and then it's going to be the same story, same everything else. Like, that's not what I want. If you're going to really go at it, like, I want it new. Yeah, but and, and like, to me, it's just like, at that point, just make a new game. Do it. Make a different, just make a different video game. I don't know, like, to me, like, I, like, I think that the time for Uncharted has passed. Yeah, I do think a character like that, a, a, a womanizing, serial-killing mass murderer, doesn't really fit in 2024. See, I, I think the time for Uncharted is over. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But, like, what the... Well, like, make something new. Like, I just don't know who's, like, asking for this. And, like, I, like okay, I know that we can say, like, Last of Us Part 1 was, like, uh, what's the word? Like, needless. Not needed, right? But... I do understand because they want Last of Us Part 2 and the original game to have like that that graphical fidelity, right? To, to be between the two of them so you can like seamlessly sort of go from the first game to the second game. I do get that. What is the point of doing this it's, other than to bring if they're going to maybe do more Uncharted games? But like I, I feel like they should even just walk away from that because like I feel like they ended that series so nicely. I actually think it's because they are going to be bridging the Uncharted first, the first Uncharted movie with the second Uncharted movie, and they need to make sure that they oh, fill in that story. Yeah. So I can go play Uncharted 1 remake remaster, go see Uncharted 2 um, on the beach, uh, see that in theaters, and then play Last of Us remake remaster of the redo. I really, really, really like in all the marketing material for the Uncharted movie, Tom Holland is like, we're seeing Nathan Drake before he becomes the Nathan Drake we know from the games. And I'm like, you mean like in Uncharted 3? Or like in Uncharted 4? Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Because I, I played those games. Um, how, do you, how do you think Tom Hi- Holland says his girlfriend's name? I don't do a good British accent. Zendaya? There you go. Eh, that's enough. No. He said he did you see this? Tom Holland has a big announcement for tomorrow. Oh, what do you think it's gonna be? Is he gonna release his next album on the Grammys? I mean, I, it's gonna it's gotta be a personal thing, right? It's either like I'm getting married to Zendaya, it's Zendaya and I are having a baby, or it's I'm taking a break from acting so that I can be with Zendaya. I thought he already took a break. Um he should continue doing that. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like Tom Holland. I'm just saying like he's not in good stuff. You don't like the Spider Man movies? Other than Spider-Man, I think I, I think he's not particularly. He's fine as Nathan Drake, too, but like that's not like a movie that I'm going to like think about ever again. Can you, you just said that sentence. Tom Holland is fucking Nathan Drake in a movie. Like, how does that make sense to you? I, I think it works. Did you see that movie? No. No. Oh, I've seen it twice. <laughs> <laughs> You're the problem. <laughs> I like it more than the games. Oh. Or I, li- I like it about the same as the games because it's just like exactly what those games are. Just like fun, like completely mindless action flicks. With mediocre combat. Yeah, just fine. It's fine. So like, why do we need a remake? Whatever. Um, I assume that they've got something else uncharted in the pipeline and that's why we're getting that. So... Um, one last thing here before we close the show out. Uh, apparently, Last of Us was inspired by Bloodborne, uh, and we're they've got an idea for The Last of Us Part Three now. Justin, they released Grounded Two: The Making of The Last of Us Part Two. I've watched a little bit more than half of it, and 
they say this was inspired by Bloodborne because Bloodborne was like, it's about like, you know, having mastery over a space and like you start out in like central Yarnum and like you just like expand the map and get, make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I think that's kind of cool. And I think that like, that makes sense for what they're talking about with what the original prototype of that game was. It was going to be an open world game where you are like expanding that space and like exploring more of Seattle and whatever. And then after a few months, it just wasn't working. So they cut it. And we obviously see the remnants of that in the first time you go to Seattle. I think that's interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that didn't look exciting to me was the combat. If there was going to be more melee-focused combat is what they were talking about. Oh, yeah, about. it was going to be melee-focused. I don't yes. think I like that. I think the, the the one thing that I think you can circle The Last of Us Part Two as not only just being a good story, I do think the shooting in that game was actually fun. Yeah, it's really good. And I also like... The fact that you're like, all right, I've got five bullets spread across six guns. How am I going to make this work? You and know? I felt it's one of the, 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 the few games that the scavenging in the game feels like necessary, not just to like mid-max, but like you've, you need to. And you need yep. to do it in, in like encounters. And I felt like it was always balanced. I never played it on punishing, crushing, baby mode, not baby mode, whatever it is. But like I just felt like that always was a good mix of forcing me to kind of like uh, mix up my style of play style based on what I had in me in a good way. And I like it. Yeah. So yeah, agree. No, I don't need to punch people though, man. Can you imagine Abby? It would be like the armor Titan punching through wall, wall Maria, <laughs> like just boom like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, they said that they've got an idea for the last of us part three. They said that the last of us part three is not their next game. Um, but that they have an idea that they're probably gonna gonna go. Yeah, it's for. Uncharted One um, remake. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh my gosh, yeah. they're not lying. <laughs> um, it's kind of an interesting documentary because it's very corporate. I, I was sort of telling you this before we started. Like, it, it is a naughty. Do- it is a documentary published by Naughty Dog about Naughty Dog. So it is very like you you I, like we were talking about like the like five minutes at the end of every last of us episode from HBO where it's just like the most like self-congratulatory thing in the world of just like, this is such a special story, blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah, I guess, but like I can say that you made it. So you don't get to say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hold on a second, hop off. Um, that said, like, I do think there are some interesting tidbits here and there. Um, like, like talking about the E3 demo that they did, where it's like Seattle Day Two for Ellie. You know what I'm talking about? The one where it's like, it's like framed with the dance, yeah. with Dina, and then like, yeah. Um, talking about that, like they had to, they were shipping Lost Legacy at the same time as they were creating that, and they were going to have it ship basically the same week that they had to publish that for the, that E3, and then they had to make the decision like we cannot do both of these things at once. So just can the can the the demo and let's revisit that in a year. Hmm. And so they revisited it and then they were like, okay, well let's like polish it up. Like that sort of the the dev side of stuff was interesting. We're talking about how like that de- that demo was so good that everyone was like, everyone on the internet was like, it's clearly fake. And they were like, well that's a great compliment because it's not fake, but like parts of it are fake, you know. And then they said, like, okay, well, how? what do we do? We have to put every single thing that is in this demo into our game. So, for example, they mentioned, like, Ellie gets dragged out from underneath a car at a certain point where she's, like, hiding underneath the car and she's, like, prone. And, like, that was fake. Like, that, like that was not natively happening in the game. And so they were like, okay, we need to make a system so that that can happen in the game. And I think that's kind of interesting, right, about how saying, like, we fudged this one thing in the demo, but now because 
that was in our demo we gotta it make needs it to be in the game yeah um otherwise people are going to be like pointing out like hold on a second whatever I, like, I think that sort of stuff is really interesting the stuff that is like less interesting to me is like hearing about how like oh all the ideas came out so easily from everyone and like whatever which is like just not true first of all i know that's not true because i've created things before and that's not how creation of stuff works but also um i fucking listened to other podcasts appearances that you guys have had and i know that like abby did not come out as a fully formed character initially <laughs> you know what i mean like she was initially um here's a little tidbit that i learned on a podcast that i listened to when i was working on my lasso's video um abby was initially um the daughter of someone that joel and tommy killed in the time before the be the beginning of the first last of us game but then they were like well the player didn't really witness that like they have no connection to that like we got to re rework like that origin so like yeah, I don't think they need to mention that in the documentary, but they like gloss over some of that, like the actual work of, of the creative process a little bit. Yeah. Um, which again, I, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Um, like uh, they're not like hiding anything or something like that. It's just that like, I really appreciate hearing about the moments of when things did go wrong or like how they got around certain like problems that they had or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm interested to watch it. Um, I think, I'm just looking at it now. It has uh, 800,000 views. Um, as of this point, it's been out for three days already. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I like to hear, as much as I'm giving it shit for coming out again, oh, we don't need another remake remaster. Thank you. Just get out of my room. Um, as much as I'm like giving it shit for them to do that, I think part of it does have to do with their with their love for the source material enough, and they do want it to be their, their the perfect vision of what they have for it. And if they can make it better, they can't, they want to make it better. And I just, mm -hmm. I, I always think finding a, the creative process is sometimes just as interesting as playing a game um, and like how they do it. And while this might not be two hours straight of that, um, I think you get just more tidbits and more more of the backstory, more lore, more um, understanding of, of where they were coming from. I don't know, I think it's interesting enough. And, and that's the thing is, is there have been like tidbits that I've really enjoyed and gone like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Or like, even like it was Hallie Gross. Haley Gross is the name of the co-writer of The Last of Us 2. And she's like in no interviews about it. Like no one has talked to this woman about this. Like, and she's in this documentary a lot. And oh. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's I'm really, really cool. happy that you're finally here because I feel like you are a big part of this that is missing because everyone only wants to talk to Neil Druckmann. And that's fine. He's a creative like director for the whole game, right? And the whole series right now. But like, I don't know. I think that the other person who wrote this game probably has a lot of interesting stuff to say too. And like when you also hear about like, um, and, and this is from like interviews and stuff that they've done where they've been like, Oh, Haley wrote this scene. And I'm like, Oh, the best scene in the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Haley wrote the scene about, um, when Joel and Ellie are on the porch at the very end mm. and they have that conversation. I'm like, Oh, you mean like one of the most emotionally resonant scenes I've ever seen in my life? get her on this podcast. Why is she not talking about this? You know? Yeah. Um, so like a lot of like the best scenes in, in and there were other ones as well. A lot of the best scenes in my opinion are like all, all the Haley scenes. Like Haley was like, we should, we should make Ellie have a love interest. And Neil was like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, Oh, you mean like the heart of this whole thing? And then she said that on her first day, she went home and talked to her husband and was like, I think I just got Ellie's girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. 
Um, it, it, like I said, it's it's interesting, and if you're a, a Last of Us fan, uh, worth a watch, or even just like interested in like sort of the process of AAA game development. And it doesn't get into the at least not where I am at in that it does not gotten into like the real nitty gritty like dirty part of it because again, it is a Naughty Dog made documentary about Naughty Dog, so it is going to be a little bit like it's going to gloss over some of the the nastier details. At least I think so. What if? Um, what if? What if it just all by the crunch at the very end? I mean, it might happen, <laughs> but. So there you go. Hey, y'all. Can you hear that I'm like, I'm tired. You, you kept it going. The whole, guys, the whole I'm, episode, we, we talked before. We were going to stop at 30 minutes, but Peter's like, no, one more story. One more story. One and more he, story. He kept at, while he was talking, he kept adding to the doc, and I was like, this is a bold, this is a bold choice for you right now, my friend. It's true. I'm jet lagging hard. Horde. I just closed out all my tabs. You just saw the light sh- come off come off my face. Yeah, you, I closed oh, out my and tabs. he closed out of Audacity right now. You're not gonna be able to hear him. Audacity is closed. It's over. So it's oh, all man. over. Hmm. Thank you so much for being for listening to this episode. Um, <laughs> these guys. <laughs> wow. I got this. I got you this. Got thank it. you for listening to our episode. Um, thank you for. <laughs> you can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can um, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitboxpod, become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel, like Dave Parker, like GKS, like Josh Durham. Um, we, we've already done our bonus episode, so you're not even getting Sleepy Pete for that oh, one. That, can you imagine? I'm, can you imagine? We've, if you told me right now, like, hey, you have to record another podcast, I would tell you. Hey, we yeah, have to we're talking about Jaffa, <laughs> like, Jaffa cakes and digestives and wigwams, and then you're going to be sitting there yeah. like just falling asleep. I, I have some Jaffa cakes here. I might fuck up some before I go to bed. Okay. You got this. Or maybe I'm about to go to bed right now. I have to finish this. Otherwise, I'm not <laughs> going to. Um, did I say the Patreon? I did. You can support us there. We love our patrons. They're so nice. I'm, they're really nice. We might live with, uh, we might live with you. Uh, Peter might live with you. It's true. And you can you can join their ranks on patreon.com slash hitboxpod again. If you can't do that, though, that's fine. Twitter.com at hitboxpod. Give us a follow um retweet one of our little episode like teaser little things Justin works so hard on them and he's really good at it and like it makes like i always like love the little sections he picks and he edits them really well go check him out again twitter.com at hitbox pod i'm certainly forgetting so oh you can rate this podcast in your podcast player of choice justin have i forgotten anything no you did an amazing job everyone we are so we are everyone just Shout out to your cars, speakers, Thanks. headphones right now. We are so proud of you, Peter, for doing this for us today, being here for us uh, right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, y'all. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, we'll talk next week, okay? Does that sound good? Sounds- I'll, I'll have the jet lag fixed. I keep telling Elena, I'm like, I'm, I got time sickness right now. Um, we'll talk later. Until then, always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>